I thought it was like an antiperspirant for active women who beat the shit out of each other. We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names. With guns and axes, we sought our fame. Our destiny was manifest. May God help those who stood in the way of business progress. And the USA. USA. No, Myron Florin is. He's also a polka guy because look at this gentleman with his accordion. Yeah. He's a. Fucking Norse Coast. Oh, he's accordion on the Lawrence Welk show. That's why I know. Because, yep. uh, oh, he's the the happy. Okay, check it out. Uh, Florin came to prominence in uh, primary's weekly appearances on the Lawrence Welk show. Lawrence Welk dubbed him the happy Norwegian, which was also attributed to Peter Friello. But I think he used to play at like Norse Coast Host Fest and yep. shit a lot. I like that he's he's con- he's considered the happy Norwegian. Like yeah. like there aren't happy Norwegians. Hello, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> He's the happy one. Yeah. Oh, that one. Very, yeah, okay. Welcome to eight months of winter. <laughs> welcome to our dark, dank fjord. Would you like some herring? <laughs> Excellent. Oh, yeah. He's like uh, the Welk organization. He was employed in the Welk organization, headquartered in my birth city of Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, Myron Florin Orchestra played during the off season during holiday breaks became a regional favorite that's also why because I think he was on like yep the like the Norse Coast Fest in Minot the German Fest in Milwaukee uh, Strawberry Festival in Plant City Florida is Plant City Florida Plant City I think that's where all the circus people uh, retired to I guess well, we're the Verse, bearded, bearded lady Versefest and his birthday in New Braunfels, Texas. And I get New Braunfels because that's a German-ish town in yeah. Texas. And the Polka Fest at the Welk Resort in Branson, Missouri. There's a Welk Resort in Branson. Oh, oh my of course God. there is. Of course there's a Welk fuck Resort do- in Branson. Fuck Dollywood. <laughs> Champagne music time, folks. Man, I, I wonder The mediocreest place on earth. I wonder what, what it's, tiny it's, uh, percentile. Vegas for Flanders. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. This is getting my blood boiling a little bit. The, the beer barrel polka. I don't know what I feel about that. <laughs> Oakley, doakley. Oakley, doakley. Fuck. I wonder how, uh, what percentage of our listeners even get what we're fucking talking about. <laughs> it's like, what's what's a Lawrence Woke? What's a polka? Yeah. Some, oh, some we'll most hardcore shit you'll ever Yeah. Find. Fucking A, bitch. <laughs> Speed polka. And the fun, and the two, and the... This um, one goes out to a money-making player that ain't with us no more. <laughs> we all have something in common. We all come from small towns in the Dakotas. We all started in the music at a very young age, and we've just recorded an album together. We'd like to give you a sample and hit it, boys. Why, well, do, why do we start talking about Myron Florin? No idea. I don't know. We're, it went from bon, <laughs> bon Me sandwiches to... What the fuck? Okay. 
We're not even. I swear to God, some not of the, even drinking. Some of the fucking tangents on this show, like I feel like I just like voiped into existence, <laughs> yeah. and I have no fucking pre knowledge of anything. Oh, it's kind of like Moon Knight. Have you watched Moon Knight yet? Oh yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like that, where yeah, yeah, suddenly totally. you're stranded by bloody... Yeah. You got fact, a gun in your hand and you're driving backwards down a fucking mountain? What's it on? On... Oh, shit, I don't have that. The Evil Empire. The Evil Empire. Mm. Assimilate. Um, speaking of evil, uh, welcome back to How the West Was Fucked. How the West was fucked! Ah! We're going to pick up where we left off. We were talking about Alfred... Packer, the Colorado cannibal, Colorado man-eater, whatever you want to call him. I just call him a piece of shit from the jump, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, big time. <laughs> oh, and since we're talking about cannibal shit, uh, Bo wanted to shout out to uh, oh, a yeah, podcast. Uh, Runner Sanctuary uh, that uh, gave us a shout out on their show, which is, uh, they, they do, uh, they discuss film, mostly kind of like sci-fi and horror stuff. Yeah. Um, but they uh, they seem to enjoy our uh, our Donner Party episode and we're, uh, reference us in their uh, rundown about Ravenous. the movie Ravenous, yeah. which this has a lot of par- parallels with Ravenous as well, especially uh, What's-His-Fuck Begbie's Dude. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 like that's you know. Yeah, main, main guy. Yeah, but uh, so you guys, uh, I hope if uh, if you enjoyed the Donner Party, hope you're enjoying Alfred Packer too, and uh, and I hope you want to kill him just as bad as we yeah, do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll continue with his comic sans and lovely NPR voice. Uh, Packer's fi- uh, family finally finds out what happened to their son after 20 years. He has a family. <laughs> well, like you said, his Indiana. dad survived until like what you nineteen oh six or something. Yeah. yeah. 1909. Uh, his sister tries multiple times to write to him. Uh, eventually, Packer wrote her back. But, she, but she's illiterate. Yeah. <laughs> I tried, man. Just webdings. Uh, accused her of neglecting him. And what then, an asshole! Then promised to kill her when he was released from prison. What the fuck? Why? Oh, God. Like, so many people get killed for so much less in these. Wow. This guy is like... The shitty Terminator is just like he can't be stopped. Oh uh, General Adams said that he threatened witnesses against him too. Oh, of course, uh, Packer was happy to profit uh, profit uh, from the curious public because people could just come by and visit throw, him, throw nickels at him, and feed him peanuts. Or mm-hmm. what? He kept souvenirs and told them uh, sold them to people visiting. Uh, you know, basically portraits, and uh, he would sell handcrafted watch fobs. I was gonna tell you, he's gonna like uh, fucking stool dolls, you know, crafted out of his own poop. <laughs> <laughs> basically, he'd make these doodads out of horse hair and sell them to people. <laughs> That's almost as bad as what he's running the prison gift shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, they finally get uh, their appeal in 1885. Uh, it said Packer couldn't be executed, but he couldn't also be set free. So, basically, they would have another trial. This- oh, fuck off. <laughs> wow. But this time for manslaughter, because you can't try him for murder the second you time. can't hang a man for killing a woman that's trying to steal his horse. Wait, mm-hmm. that does not apply. <laughs> <laughs> so, another year would pass before the new trial started. Uh, it did get moved to Gunnison County. Uh, the trial was set for August 2nd, 1886. Uh, that summer, a woman in Georgia killed and ate part of her child mm. and, and saved it and planned on eating it. Later, always not one. Uh, her neighbors were nice enough to bury her alive. Oh, well, good. But uh, all the parties and that story were black, so it didn't really make headlines. But, oh, fuck. Okay. But there, there's still messed up stuff going on in the world. What, really? No. <laughs> oh. 
So the trial started and kind of went quickly, basically a replay of the first. Uh, Packer again took the stand and rambled on for two hours telling the tale. Uh, on cross-examination, Packer exploded in rage a few times, cursed his own attorney Then when he told him to calm down. Yeah, that's usually how liars react when you mm-hmm. fucking ask mm-hmm. them to clarify things. <laughs> so Packer was taken back to jail to await the jury's decision. Uh, another mob was gathering to lynch another man named <laughs> Hugh McCabe, who killed a man after an argument after a prize fight. Uh, this guy, McCabe, his name was an alias. He was actually a former Molly Maguire on the run from the Pinkertons. Um, former Molly Maguire? Yeah, mm-hmm. gang. Oh, okay. Uh, the sheriff locked McCabe in Packer's cell. Ooh, fight, 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 fight. Like praying mantis versus tarantula. Go. <laughs> he, no, he actually put Packer in with the rest of the prisoners, which they didn't like because he's still yeah. recoiling you think people. I'm locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. So the jury only needed two and a half hours to come to a guilty verdict. But meanwhile, back in the cell, McCabe had slit his own throat with a razor that Packer had left in the cell. He got to have a razor in the cell? Well, of course. Well, you know. For sh- oh, I guess shaving and shit. But. That and, uh, come on, how many times have we done this? Like, shovels in the cell, yeah. like, shotguns and shit. It never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> so all this is going on, but then Packer gets called back in. He gets 40 years. That's eight years for each man. At the time, it was the longest ever given out in the country. Mm. Uh, some thought he got off easy, though. Yeah, including me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Rocky Mountain News headline read, Packer, the man-eater, after 13 years, receives a punishment inadequate for his uh, crimes. Yeah. Yep. Can concur. Packer was taken to Canyon City. And Ooh. That's where they had the new state pen. They dropped him into the Royal Gorge, and there was much rejoicing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was no limit to visitors, so Packer got a constant stream of looky-loos. So it's like, well, like, you know, Otabanga is getting stared at in the zoo. Alfred Packer's kind of in a different kind of human zoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sold his gigas and watch fobs. Uh, so he makes actually a good amount of money for doing that. Mm. But his uh, seizures kept him from doing hard labor. So he's well, I'm sure a, a that was also an entertainment factor for, like, little kids poking him with sticks while he has a epileptic <laughs> seizure. <laughs> Foaming at the mouth, convulsing. So uh, basically, he just works in the garden, and he gives away uh, flowers to visitors. Mm. So that's nice of him. <laughs> Fucking Harry Krishna. Yeah. Uh, in 1890, Congress passed a bill giving stipends to Civil War vets who could no longer work. And Packer replies right away. Fuck off, Of course dude. he did, because it's... So he claims that he got epilepsy from typhoid fever that he got from guarding the POW camp. Which is not how that works, but... No. <laughs> so eventually it was approved, and he got $25 a month from the government. <laughs> a guy named Dwayne Hatch, he was a friend of John Swartz, Packer's alias. So he visits Packer in Canyon City. Uh, basically, he would help him get released. I was going to say, he's already, he's already suspect since he was friends with friends with Packer, who seems mm-hmm. like the biggest douchebag on the planet. Jesus Christ. How the West was fucked will be right back. <laughs> Buy our shirts from Tee Public. We've got one with a red ghost. Straddled by a skeleton man, and that's pretty cool. Buy our shirts from Tee Public. We have like seven, I think. 
They are of excellent motif. Bo designed them himself. He is full of curse words. And that's cool and brass. Adobe Sweet costs real money, and that comes out of his ass. Buy our shirts from T Public. There's one in Comic Sans that simply states, Fuck Mile City and looks like a summer camp. Buy one now, buy one now, you lovely person. We are glad to welcome you to our fucked history cast po- er, podcast. A Bronson Swagger Company. Packer was also examined by doctors at this time to see if he was sane or not. Uh, they did pronounce him sane God. and that he should stay in Canyon City. Yeah. Uh, did they but, also pronounce him Packard or Packard? Or, I'm sorry. Or, fucking, or, yeah. Alf, sorry. Al- Alfred. Alfred or Alfred. Uh, but years later, one of those doctors did go insane and became <laughs> a morphine addict and committed suicide. No. What's from uh, absorbing the Wendigo spirit of... Alford Packer. <laughs> uh, for the rest of the 1890s, Packer tries for a pardon. Uh, General Adams filed a protest, though. This guy is an asshole. I should have mm-hmm. shot him when I had the chance. Uh, funny story. In 1895, a boiler blew up in a Denver hotel room and killed uh, General Adams. Damn it. What? So That's basically, a way to go out. They, they didn't put enough water in the boiler, I think. It was unintended and... Blew up a hotel. Jesus. That's what happens when you don't do your job, right? Or when you kind of jankily design Rube Goldberg machines to... You basically, when you your when your when your heater for your building is basically a pressure bomb, yeah, uh, <laughs> you can expect an occasional whoopsie. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, James P. Daly was a con man who was also in Canyon City doing time for passing bad checks. He makes friends with Packer. Of course, he does. Uh, Eighteen ninety-five, Daly gets out. He convinced Packer to give him seventy-five of the hundred twenty-five dollars that he had, and Daly would help him get out of jail. That's what Daly tells him. Because Daly's a fucking con man. <laughs> Daly's like, bye. So Daly goes whoring and drinking in Denver. After I'm helping. Uh, he wrote Packer after a couple of weeks. He said that he had four thousand signatures to get him out, which was a lie. <laughs> and he had said, "If you send me the rest of your money, I could get two thousand more." So yeah, right. Packer sends him the rest of the money oh, and dude, never hears from Daly like again. Fucking Nigerian hello, prince. I was just going to say, hello, I'm a Nigerian <laughs> prince. My father, I'm in exile. Uh, so Packer tells the warden this, and Daly was rearrested, but all the money was gone from the, the drinking and the horns. Money well spent. But two years later, his friend Dwayne Hatch would get signatures for Packer's release for real. He visited Packer and was shocked about his declining condition. No, well, and you don't have Without human, human meat. meat. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a fucking cannibal Mr. Magoo. Like, he, he's, like, not even trying that hard. He keeps doing the wrong shit, but still people are, like, fighting for him. I'm like, fucking hell, dude. Well, Mr. Magoo isn't malicious. This motherfucker was stealing people's shit. Yeah, that's true. We didn't really dwell on that as much as when they're on the trail. Like, he would just steal shit because he, like, shit of very little value just because he was, like, a kleptomaniac. He's a fucking habitual liar. Habitual liar, yeah. Just what the fuck? clearly there's narcissism going on. Yeah, it's yeah. Just all the shit. <laughs> so with that petition, uh, Packer writes a letter. Uh, he kind of downplays the cannibalism mm-hmm. for some reason. 
But the letter was reprinted in the papers, so they're still talking about him in 1897. Uh, a lady named uh, Lionel Ross Campbell was born in 1857, either in Kentucky or Mississippi. doesn't matter. Kentucky. Uh, she was raised by Southern Gentility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of a pampered daughter of a plantation owner. Gross. At 15, she scaled the wall of the boarding school. Spider-Man. <laughs> and eloped with George Anthony, who is son of a wealthy railroad tycoon. But at age 15, uh, she grew uh, weary of living in Mexico City with her new husband. <clears throat> okay, got married to the railroad tycoon, and then, and we, then we left sh- him at age 15? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so and she also, was, what, 13 when they got married? I don't fucking know. <laughs> but also, they went to Mexico City. Yeah. From, there's, uh, it feels like there's a whole story in, in there. Yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> what was it, like Mexico City, Georgia or something? <laughs> nope. Mexico, Mexico. <laughs> oh, fuck. But uh, eventually, she leaves him two years later. Uh, she abandons her husband and goes to New York City. New York City. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, okay. Left him two years later when she was 15. So yeah, she was 13 when they got married. No, I think she was 15 when oh, they got married. married. At 15. There's, there's 17. She left at 17. Oh, that's that's reasonable. But as the world's coming to an end in 1890, she gets a job at Pulitzer's, or is it Pulitzer? Like the maker of the prize? Yeah. Okay. Uh, she gets a job at Pulitzer's uh, New York World paper. Jonah S. Jameson, editor-in-chief. Her idol was Nellie Bly, the writer, so she chose the pen name Polly Pry. Polly Pry? As in she's prying into other other people's business. To me, it just reminds me of some kind of Latin name for a sea creature, you know, like a a polypore. Well, there's mushrooms, there's a polypore mushroom, so I'm like, oh, yeah. Ooh, the banded polypry spores out in the full moon of a uh, hot August night. <laughs> polypry does sound like a like a comic book character's alter ego. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, the journalist polypry here. So two of her brothers moved to Colorado for their consumption. So she moves mm-hmm. along with you said them. Consumption. And she goes to work uh, for the Denver Evening Post for Frederick Bonfies and Henry, uh, Harry Tamman. Okay. And there's a great... Uh, Harry Tamman also sounds like some kind of fucking marmoset. And if you want to know more about those uh, guys, there's a... David uh, Attenborough covers the habits of the Harry Tamman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, the dollop they do, because this is basically the world's first tabloid newspaper. Oh, good. So fucking thanks, assholes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tamman, he's kind of the fat, chubby one. He leaves home at eight. He didn't want to be a burden to his newly widowed mother, and he sells rubber doorknobs. <laughs> what? <laughs> like joke doorknobs? What the fuck? I'm just picturing it squeaking, yeah, like a bike horn every time. <laughs> fucking rubber doorknobs. It's yeah. also a good insult, you fucking rubber doorknob. <laughs> rubber doorknob. Useless fuck. <laughs> he also becomes a master bartender by age 20. Mm. So well, back like when mixing famous. a drink was literally just pouring some fucking bourbon into a glass. <laughs> Sometimes, if you're lucky, you get topped off with water. Or, or a toe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Uh, so he becomes the West's most famous bartender. Mm. Wow. He also collected rocks. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing so hard at that. I have like a very extensive rock collection. I know, but it's just fu- it all to- it's like the whole picture is pretty funny. Well, I'm just picturing his rock collection is just like this is a rock. Just this gr- is another rock. Just gravel. Just, just yeah, non shit. Yeah, 
but eventually uh, sells them with other Old West curios and tchotchkes. Mm. Uh, basically, he would just make up shit and say, this is Sitting Bull's... Uh, Diaper or something. Yeah, like, well, like, like the Custer head you found. Oh, yeah, that thing's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's fucking arrow through the eye and shit. Yeah, Yeah. none of shit. Okay, yep. But within a few years, he had $150,000 or $4 million today. What the fuck? But, uh, selling pet rocks and fucking rubber doorknobs and fucking mixology. (laughs) But he loses it all in the panic of 1893. (laughs) Wait, what? What's the panic of 1893? Like a collapse of uh, the market or something? Yeah. Mm. I can't remember which one. There's so many. It'd be cooler if it was like a kaiju attack, but yeah, it's it's more financial than... So he wants to make back his fortune in newspapers, and he found a partner in Frederick Gilmer Bonfies, who had money to buy a paper. Uh, Bonfies gets rich as a land speculator in Oklahoma. He basically was running a lotto scam in Kansas City, too. So Tamman kind of talks him into it, and he says, you got the money, and I got the brains. You got the money, honey. I got the brains. So they turned around the paper by sensationalizing everything, uh, but basically Pulitzer and Hearst were doing that too, yeah. but they upped the game, and they used crazy promotions like a cross-country roller skating contest, ladies wrestling matches cross-country Ooh. roller skating in 1890s mm-hmm. yeah fuck that you gotta have some all-terrain ass dude roller skates. even in the fucking 1950s like roller skates were garbage well these roller skates, clay wheels yeah, and these shit. ones should have been up to the like metal wheels oh okay which yeah. still not no, not so good uh basically they would have literal dog and pony shows in front of their paper yes downtown oh i do remember this one from uh i yeah the dollop one mm-hmm. from a while ago yeah yeah that's fucking really interesting uh, they would have high wire acts over downtown, kite yeah. flying contests. I think one of them was yeah, uh, like um, the blindfolding the guy and told him uh, to find a uh, a needle somewhere mm. in downtown Denver, and he found it, of course. No, because it was all made up. How yeah. about was like? Did they ever cover that thing where Buffalo Jones like chases a tired buffalo and a wolf, and the hounds tear the rabbit? Oh, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That seems like something that would be relevant to their interests. <laughs> totally. Uh, I think they had a line for a while, too. No good. Well, uh, you got to mm-hmm. at some point. You know, it's um, one of those business expenses. Every every growing venture needs to, at one point, have a lion. <laughs> but within a few years, both were rich and had the most popular paper in town because people are stupid. Mm-hmm. But also, people hated them, Boy, too. Well, I'm sure glad people have gotten better about that. But uh, Polly Pry became one of their most popular com- columnists. I almost said communists. <laughs> Uh, she did investigative reports on the insane asylum and other institutions. Ooh, spooky. Then in 1899, she visited the state pen in Canyon City. Uh-oh. For fun? Like, mm-hmm. just because? Clarice. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. That's <laughs> literally exactly what it is. Holy shit. It's the lambs, Clarice. <laughs> so Polly probably meets Alfred Packer. That's, she's not there for that story, but she, she meets him. Oh, no. Uh, at first, Packer didn't like her because he's kind of tired of all the lies written against him. Oh, no, sure. He's tired of the lies. <laughs> then shut your fucking mouth, dipshit. <laughs> But he tells his story to Polly Pry, and Polly Pry is sympathetic because it would make a great fucking mm. story. And she would advocate for Packer's release. Uh, uh, Polly Pry paints Packer as kind of a badass soldier and scout. Well, <laughs> is that a nursery guide. rhyme? Polly Pry paints Packer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I'm just thinking, like, she's like, now if I can get this release, what are the what's the over under? He'll kill and eat like a Denver resident that'll yes. be able to write about, <laughs> or at least a cat or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we also uh, forgot to mention that Packer had a little bit of a comb over too to make him even creepier towards the end. Oh, oh yeah. excellent! Mm-hmm. Are there any photos of that? Oh yeah. Yep. Nice. Might have a good time with this one. Uh, Dwayne Hatch helped uh, Polly Pry collect letters, setting up a barrel on the street for people to put their letters in t- to the governor. Packer even got help from his warden. Um, what? The warden's trying to hook him up? Mm-hmm. But the judge in the first case uh, said he thought Packer led his party into the woods just to rob him and kill him. Whoa! And, Never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. Hold on. Okay. And other miners spoke out against Packer, too, and his pardon was denied. So being shut down by the pardon board, Packer's only hope was Governor Charles S. Thomas. Uh, Thomas then talked to Otto Mears. And Mears still thought he Packer murdered his friends on purpose to get the money. So the governor declines to pardon him. But Polly Pry goes after Otto Mears, then Thomas. Because she really wants her fucking cannibal celebrity to mm-hmm. be really um, an unsuspecting populace so she can sell more papers. What the yeah. fuck? So Pry listed all the men that Thomas had pardoned and claimed that they did much more evil deeds than that. Look at this guy. He was whoring. Oh, the fuck. This guy was gambling. It's the, it's the Republican talking point, like yeah, yeah. the whataboutism. Yeah, 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 but they were all pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. fuck. Uh, sometime in December 1899, Packer gets a letter from a man who said, uh, with the right lawyer, he could get him out. This guy was Charles M. Fagan Bush. Bush didn't tell Packer that he also spent time in jail. Not, not Quacken Bush? Nope. <laughs> The city council met last night, the vote was one to six. Denying access to our town by TV's G. E. Smith. The mayor side of nightmares had by his daughter Eileen. She dreamed that ugly fucker's face pumped out the friggin' train. And he said, no! He said, no way! Not in my backyard, he cannot stay. That eyesore is a stain upon the nation. If you think he's living by me, there's no way! He spent time in jail because he sent letters to people saying that they want a free watch. And all they had to do was send him $2.50 for shipping. <laughs> so he's like, if you get the right lawyer, I can get you out. Send me $2. And yeah. I'll Fuck. Uh, With my nutraceuticals, you can fight the globalists. <laughs> so this scam is that he would send you a watch, but it was so cheap that it just cost pennies. And he would just pocket the $2.50 for the shipping. It's like the uh, radio show that like, uh, if you did something, you'd win a, a, a new Toyota. You know, and the, I can't remember what, it was something extreme they made people do, but like, and then somebody won the toy, Toyota, which was a toy Yoda. Yoda? Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, that's not quite as bad as the hold your Wii for a Wii. You ever yeah, well, hear about that one? That, that killed that the lady. fucking died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this was, I think they had to do some something horrific too, and or spend a bunch of money or some shit. Like, yeah. 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 But... So Fagin Bush is actually arrested again. This he's in, I think, Chicago. So he skips bail and goes to Colorado. Uh, he had actually just sold ten thousand dollars worth of stock in a phony gold mine. <laughs> Basically, Fagin Bush didn't really want to help Packer. He wanted to open a cigar shop and believed if he hired Packer, the man eater, to run it, people would come in just to see him. Oh, it's the same thing that Packer's talking about. Put the the man eater mm-hmm. sign yep. up there, and you're good to go. In the letter to Packer, Fagin Bush said he was friends with one of the greatest lawyers in Colorado, a guy named William W. Anderson. Uh, Packer wrote to Dwayne Hatch telling him this, 
So Packer goes to see Anderson almost immediately. Wow, this guy's just like a shithead magnet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anderson had an office on 17th and Curtis Streets in Denver. And Anderson was also nicknamed Plug Hat. Plug Hat? Because he wore a plug hat. What the, the fuck, fuck is, is a plug, plug hat? A uh, hat that looks like a plug. Like an electrical plug? That seems <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> or is it like a, it's like a hat made out of tobacco? Like chewing tobacco? That's, yeah. That would be more accurate. So Plug Hat tells him since the crime was committed on the Indian reservation that he could get the case dismissed. Uh, Hatch was excited and told Polly Pry right away. So she sets up a meeting with Plug Hat and her bosses the next day. <laughs> so this is all happening very quickly. Yeah. Uh, what but the fuck am I finding here? There's like a bunch of Denver Post pictures with Albert Packer shit, but it looks like Mario's claymation. What the fuck? What is that? I don't, it's a clearly an Alfred Packer doll. Yeah. Of some, I don't know, Getty Images. Ooh, what creepy. the fuck is happening? I was trying to look up Plug Hat, but it was still on Alfred Packer shit. And... Weird. It's like a full-size, like, stop-motion uh, animation from a doll. Museum. Yeah, yeah, okay. It has to be. Okay, it's a, uh, in, oh, the Sagwash, Colorado? Swatch. That's... Well, fuck you. It's spelled Sagwatch. <laughs> I know. A uh, mannequin of Alfred Packer sits in a cell. That is a creepy fucking looking mannequin, dude. Morose stare greets visitors <laughs> at Swatch uh, County Museum. That is an off-putting fucking photo. Yes. Groovy. <laughs> oh, my God. God. I love the internet. Well, I mean, here's a guy with a nice bust of him looking all proud. What the fuck? This guy, uh, they doing a face plant dock weeding contest here? What is happening? <laughs> This is all, I think Denver Post, yeah, it's all Gabby Images. Plug Hat's supposed to meet with the bosses. Hold, hold on one, one second. Uh, April 14, 1984, Alfred Packer Day at... Alfred C Packer Day? Yep. Uh, at CU, like Colorado University, I imagine. Mm -hmm. uh, the winner eating his way to victory, Dan Blumstein, 19, Wayne, Pennsylvania. In the bean dip contest, a race to eat a loaded tostada, many, <laughs> many frijoles... <laughs> The tostada was placed on a tray, and contestants had to eat it all without use of their hands. They were also given supplied with a pitcher of water that they were told had been imported from Mexico for the event to wash down the food. So they're celebrating Alfred Packer by, by eating tostadas like you would if you were then, a dog. And then lying about water. And then lying about water. <laughs> oh, 1984, you so crazy. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, there's, Can you well, forward well, me that page, dude? I haven't seen that one, but there's a couple of <laughs> cool things coming up uh, later at the end oh, to, to commemorate. Oh, I've, I've got another one that you may have found or may have not. Oh, that's I, that's, I was holding on to that one until the end, but I just couldn't help it with those pictures. Yeah, so. that's that's a good one though. So Plug Hat never shows up. So Bonfies calls his office and learned that Plug Hat went to Canyon City the night before to talk to Packer. Bonfies called the warden. He said that Plug Hat did visit Packer that morning. So Bonfils immediately became suspicious because he's a bullshit artist too. Uh, and Polly Pry agreed to go to Canyon City to check it out. So Polly Pry found out from Packer that Plug Hat claimed that he came from the paper, which was not true. And Plug Hat got him to sign over power of an attorney. Okay, that's fucking Plug Hat. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, it's the... It's a fucking top hat, it's a top everyone. Hat. Yeah. It's a fucking top hat. Yeah. Call it goddamn top hat. It's, a, it's the fucking Monopoly guy hat. Yeah, exactly. So, Mr. Peanut. Yeah. Uh, Packer also gives Plug Hat an advance of $25. Polly sets Packer straight. Uh, basically, you know, this guy's just acting on his own. 
And he had him sign a letter to Plug Hat telling him that he was fired as his lawyer, and she took it with her. So Polly goes back to Denver and confers with her bosses there. Oh, also the bosses, their their um, office, they called it the Bucket of Blood. No good. Because <laughs> I think it was just painted, uh, the room was painted red or something Isn't like that. Isn't there like a Gary Larson cartoon, something about they're trying to figure out Bucket of Blood, like pirates trying to figure out song lyrics and like, see, Bucket of Lymph, Bucket of, <laughs> bucket of what, Bucket of... <laughs> Uh, so Bonfies told her to take the letter straight to Plug Hat, and Polly shows him the letter saying that you're fired as his lawyer and, and asks if he said that he was representing the Post. Plug Hat gets real mad and angry and red with anger, and now he promises to come see Bonfies and Tamman later in the day. Jesus. So this time he showed up on time. And he met the editors in their office, the bucket of blood. Uh, Tamman didn't waste any time. He accused Plug Hat of bunkoing. Ah, man. If he was about out of 25 years early, they would have shot him. Mm-hmm. They basically just call him a liar and a cheat. Uh, Bonfies uh, claimed Plug Hat was reaching for a weapon. Oh, yeah. Plug Hat said he wasn't, of course. And Bonfies jumped and punched him in the face. Yeah. Uh, Polly Pry broke it up. Uh, plug Hat picked up his uh, Plug Hat, which had fallen. <laughs> uh, Tamman shouted for Plug Hat to leave. Uh, plug Hat turned to leave, and Bonfies kicked him in the butt. Yeah, get some. <laughs> this is according to Plug Hat, anyway. No. Bonfies said that he didn't. Either way, Plug Hat drew his pistol and shot Bonfies point blank. Oh, oh wow. That escalated that, quickly. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, Bonfies kind of staggers back and rests on the desk. Uh, hold on, hold on, just knock the wind out of me. Oh, God. my breath. <laughs> so uh, Plug Hat shoots him in the back while he's resting. Uh, Plug Hat then aimed at Tamman, who threw up his hand, and Plug Hat shot him through the arm. Uh, Plug Hat's an asshole. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, everybody's an asshole. Yeah. Except for Nutter and... The other guy. Lotsenheiser. Lotsenheiser, yeah. So Tamman goes down, and Plug Hat shot him again in the shoulder. Uh, this time, Polly Pry steps in and prevents any more shooting. Plug Hat picked up the phone and said, I'll call the police. Uh, Polly said, uh, no, no, not police. Just get a doctor for right now. Yeah, You've murdered gonna, enough. And I'm going to write about this while they were, were waiting for the doctor. Also, this what, is awesome. What year is this? 1899, I think. Yeah. When was the phone like a thing that everybody had in their office? Well, in, where they're, they're in fucking Denver. Denver, right? yeah. Oh, so, that's true. They're in so the, they have plenty of money, so they would yeah. have probably had a phone by then. So Plug Hat leaves. Uh, Polly Pry shouts for the post employees to stop him, but everybody kind of steps aside. Uh, police easily found Plug Hat, though, and arrested him. Basically, just uh, the Denver Times, the competing paper, reported he walked jauntily, jauntily to jail, <laughs> where he's greeted by a mob. <laughs> not of lynchers. Not so jaunty now. Oh, wait. <laughs> not oh, of lynchers, but well-wishers. Because oh, every, shit. A lot of people hated uh, Bonfies and Tamman. Oh, fuck. Because <laughs> they were shitbags, too. But they do recover. Mostly, uh, they get uh, a lot of enemies from the other papers. Uh, it was reported that Plug Hat got a, bank, a bouquet from Governor Thomas with a note that said, I congratulate you upon your intention, but it must condemn your poor aim. Oh, wow. Here's another pistol in this bouquet of flowers. Yeah, right. And a key to your jail cell. Let's try again, but with feeling this time. Yeah. So Plug Hat's trial would start April 23rd, 1900. Uh, the papers were excited that Packer would come to Denver to testify. 
they kind of portrayed him as a Rip Van Winkle because after 20 years of being locked up, uh, basically the modern world kind of moved in with telephones and cars and all that good stuff. He claimed he never spoke on the phone and didn't know how to use one. <sighs> Caveman. Uh, Packer testified and was treated to a day of sightseeing. He rode a trolley and an elevator. Got, got given a balloon. <laughs> the elevator made him nervous, though, and he held his breath the whole time. Awesome. <laughs> he even took a spin in an automobile. Oh, fuck. Wow. Mind-blowing. Uh, everywhere, people greeted him warmly. What? One paper joked that he drew so many lady followers that the man-eater would now no be known as the lady killer. I was just going to say, oh, my God. God. Wow, that's lady derivative ass shit right there. In the cold winter of 1874, six men set out on a journey through the Colorado Rockies. They were looking for gold, but what they found was that they were completely lost. I'm Alfred Packer. This is my horse, Leanne. In the tradition of Friday the 13th, part two, and Oklahoma, comes the first intelligent film about cannibalism. <laughs> Gross, Packer. So let's fill so bad, we can make him our best friend. We can name him Shannon, Shannon Wilson Bell. We can make him tall, or we can make him not so... I'm shatterproof. There's nothing you can show me. I'm still Santa's tall, so you all can blow me. I'm shatterproof. Cannibal the Musical. So Plughat's trial ended in a hung jury. He was tried again with the same result, and a third trial in 1901 ended in acquittal, so he does no time. Uh, Governor Thomas, after Packer's visit to Denver, got besieged by letters asking for his pardon. Eight months later, in his last day in office, Governor Thomas granted the pardon. Fuck. Whoa. So that is January 7th, 1901. Uh, they base it on poor health. Uh, Packer also had Bright's disease, which everybody had at the time. Yeah. That's what and, killed, uh, killed my man, Bass, Bass Reeves. Reeves. Mm-hmm. And he also had hydrocele. No. Hydrocelly? Water celly? If you want to look that up, that's swelling of the scrotum. Oh, good. <laughs> I'll post a good picture of that on Instagram. Oh, God. Uh, Polly Pride delivered the news to Packer personally, taking a train to Canyon City. So he thanked her and said he'd come visit her in Denver as soon as he got out. Oh, boy. Clarice. <laughs> uh, he told the papers he'd remain in Denver till spring and then go out prospecting again. Yeah, because I learned out not well. to walk out into the motherfucking mountains in November, finally. Uh, there he goes to a theater whose production, who was shockingly immodest, left him thoroughly disgusted. Oh, my God. I am thoroughly disgusted. I'm looking at... 
big ass fucking nut sacks right now. Hydrocelly. Let, oh, Jesus we fucking can, we, we can just let our listeners find it on their own. We don't necessarily put that on the H-Y-D-R-O-C-E-L-E. Good fucking... This reminds me... Dude, when uh, uh, Rat City Ruckus was on tour, we played in fucking Southern Oregon. It was Johnny Johnny B's or Johnny V's or something like that. Um, this fucking dude was hanging out, and we ended up having like a bluegrass jamboree after the show. And uh, the, as, you, we, as you do. Well, we're all taking shots and shit, and like this dude's like, oh, I play upright bass, and he like goes and gets his upright bass out of his car. And then he's like telling us about how he he's uh, has to go to the doctors the next day because he's got, he's got a swelling of the scrotum. It must have been that, because I have a photo somewhere where he like he like whipped out his nutsack. It was it was like the size of I remember because we put one of our CDs next to it at, before we gave it to him as a fucking size uh, comparison. Yeah, and it was like the size of a fucking CD. It was insane. Yep, so I heard that story. <laughs> like, that's the most disgusting thing we heard in this episode. <laughs> Of I mean, disgusting I mean, things. Not, it's, it's the just the weird randomness. I'm just picturing you out in the parking lot, like, hey, check it out. No, is that the bar? Oh, good, <laughs> good. And then he said a drink on it. You know, like, fuck. So Packer's uh, <laughs> disgusted about the modern society he's living in now. He, Can't even eat a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> then he attends a prize fight between. Uh, Quote, the California N-word oh, God. named Ruth Turner and the German pugilist Otto Sleloff. Mm. That left him disgusted, too, because he thought men should just fight because they were angry at each other. Not like <laughs> not for sport. Not for sport. <laughs> also, he likes to fight people that are sleeping and then yeah. rob them and eat them. Yeah. And he is quoted as saying he's not used to the modern life, and the sooner he'd get back to the mountains, the better. So, yeah, Which he has proven to be terrible at anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> So in the spring, Packer moves to a friend's place uh, named Ed Connolly in Deer Creek Canyon. Stay with you maybe a couple days. I'm going to the mountains, I assure you. <laughs> uh, that's 20 miles west of Littleton. Good thing nothing ever tragic ever no. happened there. Uh, he goes to actually do some prospecting, but didn't find anything. Prospecting in other people's pockets and mm-hmm. houses. Uh, but every month, Packer would have to go to Denver to collect his pension mm. and visit his friend Dwayne Hatch there. But uh, February 6, 1902, Hatch died of consumption. He was 43, and Packer was a pallbearer, mm. but he didn't eat him, so that's oh, something. That's respect. <laughs> he finally learned something. Uh, not long after his death, uh, Packer moves to Sheridan, just a little north of Littleton. He builds a little frame shack there and spends his days raising chickens and rabbits. Mm. Get to pet the rabbits, don't yeah. George? Yeah. Hey, George. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Packer's in his 60s now, and he's liked by his neighbors. Saw him as a kindly old man, and children would flock to his side. And oh, oh, bad no, idea! No, 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 no. CPS, fucking. And he would hand out penny candy. Of course he would. Mm-hmm. Fucking grooming. Yeah, where's fucking QAnon when you need him? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, 1905. Packer moves back to his friends Ed Connolly in Deer Creek Canyon. Uh, July 1906. Connolly took a trip and left Packer in charge. Uh, neighbor walks by, named Charles Cash. Uh, he says uh, Packer lying in the front yard. Mm. So he cash brought uh, him back to his mother-in-law and dumps him off there. But for the next few days, Packer remained unconscious and suffered his fits. Oh, li- like laying in the front yard. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought he was just like, I'm, I the invented sky, the world. The sky is orange. <laughs> Water is dry. But uh, Packer began to improve a little bit, but the mother-in-law would take care of Packer for the next 10 months. 
and all of his fits and convulsions. I was just kind of picture him like like propped up on the porch, like in a wheelbarrow with like flies crawling in and out of his open <laughs> mouth, and, like pigeons shitting on him. And... Just what? dump crack a couple eggs in his mouth Ew. once a day. <laughs> Jump, jump, you know, move his jaw with your hand and get him to yolks, it. yolks just running down yolks. his fucking face. <laughs> so basically, April twenty third, nineteen oh seven, Packer dies. Fuck, thank God, and finally buried in the uh, Littleton Cemetery with full military rights. Oh, dude, what the fuck? Uh, the papers uh, asked, but Packer made no deathbed confessions. He only made several courthouse ones of varying, <laughs> shit. varying, uh, yeah, With, information. Yeah, right. Uh, 1928, a memorial was put up at Lake City for the Eaton Miners. Uh, the town saying, uh, "My country, tis of thee," and had a fish fry. Well, that's nice. That's yeah. At least they didn't eat mammal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Twelve years later, another service took place. This one's a little weirder. I don't know if this is the one you're talking about. Are they trying to resurrect them or. Uh, they had an absolution ritual, which was inspired by the Hebrew scapegoat ceremony. Oh, okay. I'm kind of half familiar with that. I am not. So a guy named Franklin Hamilton Rice, who liked publicity stunts, he actually, in uh, 1935, he ran for Denver mayor on the platform of getting rid of the $100 uh, fortune teller license. There's a $100 fortune teller license? And you need to get rid of that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there like a clamoring mob? Like, yeah, no shit. I prefer, I prefer unlicensed fortune tellers anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so on uh, September 27th, 1940, uh, Rice and six of his followers go into the Littleton Cemetery with a nanny goat. Mm-hmm. One man was dressed in a black robe to represent Packer. The robe was borrowed without permission from a Denver church. Damn it. That's borrowed without permission. That's There's another word for steel, that. Yeah. yeah, there it is. <laughs> The other five people uh, represented Packer's victims. They wore white hoods and sheets. Oh, gross. Of the <laughs> clan. Gee, he's justified. He was killing clan guys. That's <laughs> Yep. So, uh, you know, if you're just driving by, it looks like there's a clan meeting going on. Holy fuck. With a goat. <laughs> uh, the black robe was then laid on the nanny goat. Mm-hmm. A bit of the goat's milk was placed on the tombstone. Oh, that, um, that took a turn. Rice then started with his official statement of absolution. So now Packer's absolved for all the sons of eating other people. Oh, that's, wow. the idea, that's the idea of the, you know, the word scapegoat? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the original thing was, yeah, like you'd, um, it'd, be like, it'd be a ritual back in the old times where you'd put all the sins of the community and stuff on a goat okay. and then send the goat out in the desert to die and that it would carry all the, the sins and bad shit okay, along okay. with it, you know. So. Yeah. So Rice returned the black robe to the church, but they insisted that he had a dry clean because it smelled like goat. No shit. And, <laughs> and, and, and as we know, goats smell a lot like uh, dryer sheets and lavender. Yeah, right. On their best days. It's my favorite Yankee candle. Yeah, goat. yeah, goat. <laughs> so Will mm, Rogers goat. writes of the story in 1930, but he gets all the facts wrong. Uh, he got a letter from former Governor Thomas uh, admonishing him for printing the legend, not the real story. Thomas dies in 1934. That's the same year the story makes an appearance in the book uh, The Thin Man. Uh, not, the, not to be confused with Slender Man. Nope. Okay. Uh, 1968, the cafeteria at the Student Union. Of Served the, human flesh on Alfred Packer Day. <laughs> <laughs> not quite, but uh, at the college there in Boulder, they uh, rename it Alfred Packer Restaurant and Grill. Oh, oh man. You. <laughs> At the opening, a raw hamburger was ceremoniously thrown against the wall and it hung there for several minutes. 
I christened wow. the Elf of Patrick Hall. Damn it. Uh, two different trauma movies are about Packer. Really? Devoured is one of them. I haven't and seen also Cannibal the Musical by... Oh, by Trey and Matt. Yeah, yep. Trey Parker and Matt Stone. And the Indians are Japanese and have samurai swords for some reason. Yeah, fuck yeah. We were just talking about that movie the other day, me and Bo. Mm-hmm. I got to sit down. I haven't seen that since I was in high school. I got to oh, sit down wow. with that again. Uh, 1989, Packer's victims were dug up by a forensic scientist, mm-hmm. James Stars. Uh, once he dug up, uh, he proclaimed that Packer was guilty uh, of sin, of, of uh, the crimes. Of sin. As sin. <laughs> well, is he the one that found, uh, you know, in the head wounds there was pieces of fabric indicating that some of these guys were probably sleeping and had their blanket kind of over their over head? Over their head? Oh, my God. What and a so fucking scumbag. It's very likely Packer was just started murking them in their sleep. Mm-hmm. Wow. But he was a bit of a huckster, too. He once examined hair thought to be Sasquatches. He also Found examined elephant from man. the Yeti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but when he dug up the graves, uh, some of the things were donated to the county museum. In 2000, David Bailey, the curator of the museum there in uh, Grand Junction, he found a pistol that was said to be found at the cannibal site. And he had a piece of clo- uh, clothing from that dig that uh, Star had. Uh, basically, he said it was bells and had a hole in it. Uh, which also had a microscopic piece of lead that matched the gun. Mm-hmm. And also, when they looked at um, the skeleton of uh, the one that was assumed to be Bell, um, they they weren't sure whether a bear had been gnawing on the hip or whether it was a bullet hole in the hip. Mm-hmm. So now this guy, David Bailey, in 2000, was convinced that Packer was innocent, and Bell tried to attack him because oh, he had, you. well, he had that gunshot wound in the... Well, what what I my what I surmised was like you know Packer's going around whacking people in the head and Bill like wakes up and sees this going on and maybe tries to get oh him. yeah Packer mm-hmm. pretty much dick shoots him or, or at least hip shoots him because they were uh, they were talking about when uh, the Harper's Weekly guy got there like the, the Bell, Bell's guy or Bell's body was like less decomposed than the other ones they claimed. Mm-hmm. Indicating he might have died later than the other ones. So my theory is like Packer like wounded him severely and just left him alive till he was ready to. Oh yeah, so he, so he wouldn't spoil, right? I mean, well, <laughs> just incapacitate well, him and. Well, it's like what's the best way to, way to store oil? To you say store oil? Yeah, uh, leave it underground. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Until <laughs> so you need it. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, Packer in his trial, he said he shot Bell with a rifle, not a. Pistol, so right, that story is kind yeah, of, and you and you can totally Packers, believe Packers, everything he's ever yeah. fucking said. But uh, that that's basically it. I don't know if you believe uh, Packer's story, even though he's no. a chronic liar. Well, <laughs> I don't. The other thing, <laughs> don't the, believe him. The other thing that you kind of like, like a, partially, my theory is the thing with like leaving Bell alive is what they. I can't remember who said it, they figured because they found like a shelter sitting by the original corpses like a little crude shelter and they figure packer just like couldn't move for the winter and just fucking sat in a little shelter and come out and eat guys as necessary you know until it was like the weather cleared enough enough for him to move and that's when you know he was with his uh coffee pot full of coals and the rifle it was after he could finally get going because like you said he wasn't like starved right you know wait was you said bell Due to decomposition, Bell was the probably the last one to die. That, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, yeah. What, so in his in his, I think second bullshit story, didn't he say that him and Bell like ended up 
hanging out together for a while. Yeah. And then he had to kill him last or whatever because he attacked him. Yes. But so, that, that story, I, I think that wouldn't be true because all the bodies were found together. Yes. And he said they were dying one by one. Yeah. Well, I think, well, I mean, there's, there's always a yeah, curl. Yeah, they died one by one as fast as he could walk around the campsite tomahawking people in the fucking head. Mm. There, might, there might be a way that they, like, had a pact where they're like, we'll eat these guys and then, you know, we'll get out of here. And, and then, then and then shit went sideways and he ended up fucking killing Bell also. Right. Could, could be. It doesn't matter. Alfred yeah. Packer's a piece He's of shit. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> um, but I also, like, while I was looking through shit, there is a group called the Alfred Packer Memorial String Band. Ooh. <laughs> what, what, uh, are they are they like a current present? They seem to be. They outfit? have a, they have a whole ass website. Uh, here's these lovely looking folks dressed in pioneer garb with all the string, oh, string band accoutrement. Is like Alfred Packer Memorial String Band is a five multi instrumentalist dressed in old time costumes, singing and playing fiddles, banjo, guitar, mandolin, hammered dulcimer, accordion, bass, and creative percussion. <laughs> so like beatboxing? Ooh, the band's been yeah, right. <laughs> the band's been featured on CBS Sunday morning with Bill Geist. Wow. Alfred Packer was a guide in the mountains of Colorado in the eighteen seventies. And he was hired by five guys who wanted to get up into the gold fields before anybody else did that year. Well, they left too early, and they got snowed in. And uh, the way Alfred tells the story, one of the other guys went crazy and started killing everybody. And then Alfred killed him in self-defense. So Alfred always maintained that he wasn't a murderer, but he freely admitted that when he got awful hungry up there in the cold, he ate those guys. Well, a man who eats vegetables uh, is a vegetarian. I guess that makes Alfred a humanitarian. <laughs> so this is his story. They, they found him, they caught him, they took him to jail, and the judge said when he sentenced him, Albert Packer, you voracious man-eater, there are only seven Democrats in Hinsdale County, and you've done that five of them. So that yeah, that's just an ancillary thing I found when we were Tight. doing the thing. Nice. Cool. We'll play a whole album of theirs right now. And then they'll get a cease and desist order immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A, man. What a piece of shit. This guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, he made other people into pieces of shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, do do Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally. Uh, I do. It, it is kind of disheartening, like, how quickly everybody was just be like, oh, he's, he's actually a pretty cool guy. yeah, yeah. Fuck it, I'm going to get him out of jail, and my kids will go hang out with him. He'll give him candy and, and blah, blah, blah. And how a shitty hyperbolic press, you know, yeah. just has been a thing for, oh, god damn it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. Yeehaw. Well, yeah, time, thank, to, time to get a cheesesteak. Yeah, right. Thanks for the welcome home, uh, for the welcome back to the show. Yeah. Um, fuck. 
<laughs> Here we go. <laughs> all right. Can I, all can I, I quote you on that? Yeah. Mm. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week with something probably just as not un- uplifting. That's <laughs> what we're here In for. In fact, if, if, if it's the one I'm planning on, it's it's pretty bad, too. Super duper. <laughs> Thanks for always keeping me grounded. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week. But until then, we will go out in a hail. Of? Human poop fire. Ooh. Ooh.